Welcome, everybody, to this week's edition of the Boiler Upload Podcast, sponsored, as always, by Homefield Apparel. Visit their shop. We've got links all over our place. Uh, use code BOILERUPLOAD. If it's your first order, you will receive a discount. If not, just go ahead and type that code BOILERUPLOAD in there so that we can get a, a little kickback from there. We just uh, appreciate everything you do. They've got some great Purdue stuff, and they've got other stuff if uh, you're looking for other colleges. And as always, we're sponsored by Reindeer Shuttle because driving to the airport sucks. And with me tonight is Jace Jellison. How much driving to the airport are you going to do? Well, I guess they don't really go from Noblesville to uh, Air- uh-uh. to Indy. <laughs> Unfortunately not. I might I might make the trip up to Lafayette, though, just so I can ride the shuttle. Just to, just to ride the shuttle? I mean, yeah, Casey's happy to take the shuttle for us, and uh, he's headed up to uh, out to Cancun here soon, so... We do thank your Reindeer Shuttle for sponsoring us. And with that in mind, we can go ahead and get on to the uh, content tonight. We don't have a whole lot of new stuff, do we, uh, Casey? Or, yeah, you're Jace, not Casey. <laughs> I didn't think we looked alike, but maybe I was wrong. Uh, <laughs> but no, uh, not, not a whole lot of new stuff. Um, obviously, Purdue's kind of slowing things down when it comes to training camp and um just getting prepped for the season so it hasn't been a whole lot of uh, a whole lot of new stuff really coming out of camp um this late obviously first first week first couple weeks of camp uh, we're learning a lot more about the roster and injuries and things of that nature uh but now they're just kind of putting the finishing touches on um, what they hope is a successful season in, in west Lafayette. Yeah, because I know that today being the first day of classes and everything, now it's kind mm-hmm. of into actual season mode as opposed to camp mode. Mm-hmm. Less than two weeks now, which feels kind yeah. of surreal. Thinking back to <laughs> to when Brom left and, and that whole coaching search and then Walters comes in and then we had the bowl game um, and, and then all the recruiting and filling out the staff and everything in between. Uh, it's been a crazy few months, I'm sure, for them. I, I know it has been for us um, covering the team. Um, so I'm excited to see to see kind of what this this new Ryan Walters era uh, consists of here on September 2nd. Yeah, it's going to be fun to get there, get up to West Lafayette, uh, and actually have some football to talk about rather than, yep, they're practicing. <laughs> Uh, I did want to touch on a couple of recruiting notes and everything. Uh, I know I put out a feature here on Eugene Hilton, the young red receiver out of Zionsville. And uh, I got a chance to talk to him on Friday night because I was covering them for the local paper that I've done for years and years and years. And uh, I got to say, he's he's a very nice young man, uh, very polite. He knows that he's in it, but I think it helps a lot that his dad is a uh, former NFL player now and just kind of walking him through the process and everything. So he knows what to expect, really. And, um, you know, when I asked him about Purdue, he kind of lit up and it seems like he really does appreciate the coaching staff there. And he, you know, has a good relationship with him. He said he visited them at the beginning of the summer. Would not surprise me to see him on campus later this year. And, uh, He's got some talent. Um, he is the type of receiver that at the high school level, teams are basically selling out to cover him at all costs. Uh, they don't they don't want to have him touch the football. He returned the opening kickoff of the season 90 yards for a touchdown. Uh, <laughs> and the only guy that ha- even had a chance of catching him was the kicker, and he just kind of put a move on him. And 
kicker fell down and the rest of the game pike was doing uh pop-up kicks to the 30 yard line they didn't want to get anywhere near him after that so uh it'll be interesting it seems like he is uh relatively high on purdue and i think mm-hmm. purdue's definitely got a shot here so i i was excited to see him and uh, i'll be seeing him a few more times this year um here in a couple of weeks, I'll be covering when they play Franklin Central, and he'll be facing off directly against Dudari Hines. So that'll be a fun matchup to watch. Yeah, most definitely. And, and like you mentioned, he's he's pretty been pretty high on Purdue's board, and I think that that interest is pretty mutual. Um, he was he started getting recruited under the previous staff, and then Corey Patterson picked it right up. Um, I think he was one of the first guys that he went and saw um, when he got here. Um, so, I mean, he, he, he is a guy that, that could be a cornerstone <clears throat> of the 2025 recruiting class, uh, big receiver, like you've mentioned with the kickoff return for a touchdown, very athletic electric. Um, and then ov- obviously has the good genes. Um, yeah, I mean, way more highly touted than his dad was coming out. Oh of yeah. And, and judging by, you know, just the recruiting profiles and everything, he's actually taller than his dad and. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he also had a note that he thinks Trey Firestone is going to be an up and comer at Purdue. I know that they spent some time together. Uh, Firestone was a senior when he was a freshman there at Zionsville, and uh, I, I saw Firestone play quite a bit. And he's one of those guys. That if he sees the field, I think he's going to be a steal um, as a walk on. So it'll be interesting to see if he has any kind of effect. He did play in the bowl game last year when essentially if you had a uniform on, you got to play. <laughs> so, uh, But yeah, it, it's nice to have that. And there's almost kind of a recruiting pipeline from a decent school there with Zionsville because you also have Gus Hartwig on the team. And of course, uh, for basketball, that's where Isaiah Thompson is from. So it's not unheard of to get some guys from you know, what is a pretty good school, not too far away. Yeah, most definitely. It, it doesn't feel like there's a whole lot of Indiana guys on the roster, though. Just yeah. Right. Yeah, we only have three in-state recruits for 2024, I saw. And, uh, you know, I, w- I was looking over looking over them when how, how they uh, fared on Friday night. And Hines is playing some offense there for Franklin Central as well. So that'll be interesting to watch. And uh, just, you know, it's exciting to actually have some football to talk about now. Uh, Like I said earlier, because even the high schools now, basically, if they didn't play this past weekend, everybody else starts this coming weekend. So we're going to have lots of information there to cover. Yeah. One of the things I wanted to touch on is Coy Beasley. I mean, he's a guy that. He does everything for LaSalle down there in Cincinnati. Um, very electric player. He's went to, I think he won state in, in uh, sprinting and uh, track and field. Just a guy that can do everything. He's the highest rated recruit in Purdue's uh, 2024 class at this point. His senior season has lasted all but a couple plays. Because uh-huh. he, I think he heard it on the kickoff return. He, he returned the opening kickoff. Um, a fairly decent return, but uh, wasn't a big return or anything. Uh, went to the sidelines, was out a couple of plays, came back in. They threw him a streak, and he was he would have he would have had an easy score. He could have walked to the end zone. He just dropped it and checked himself out. Uh, talked to him, broke his collarbone. Um, he was told that if he gets surgery, there's a better chance that he can return sooner. Um, so that's the route that he went for. Um, so hopefully, he'll be back on the field. Um, 
within a month or so, I would say. Uh, but he's a guy that I was really excited to watch and was kind of disappointed that he got hurt. Yeah, and hopefully he'll be nice and healthy. You know, I, I'm i just wondering how, you know, you're starting to see guys sitting out bowl games and whatnot. How soon are you going to have high school guys once they lock down that scholarship sitting out high school games and high school seasons? But hopefully he'll be back soon. I don't think he's that type of kid. So uh, it'll be good to see him on the field down there in Cincinnati. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, you do see it with kids – uh, and rolling early, I think that's what Cooper Flag did. Um, he's a he was a 2025 kid in basketball. Um, I mean, he's all over ESPN and and all 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 sorts of those networks and social media and things like that. He reclassifies. I don't think he wants to sit through another year of high school. So, um, I mean, if you're at that level and, and a team will let you do that, then um, I say jump on it. But we said we don't have a whole lot of new stuff to talk about, so I put out the feelers on Twitter earlier tonight. And asked what you guys wanted to see, hear us talk about. And one of the best questions that we got here was from Robert Baker. He wants to know about a, a Boilers in the NFL preseason update. And I think of all of those, the one that is kind of stealing the show is Aiden O'Connell for sure. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, he's been tearing it up. He's got national shows talking about him. I saw Cal, Colin Cowherd. Um, he was talking with Tom Pelissero about him. And Pelissero was kind of relating his story and his underdog his underdog story I guess to, to Tom Brady and I, I I think that was kind of kind of a joke but um, yeah I mean he's lit it up so far 26 to 36 for 304 yards and three touchdowns with no picks uh, through two games um, and I think he went to the perfect situation in o or Las Vegas now. Uh, under Josh McDaniels, him and him or Kyle Shanahan would have brought the best out of Aiden O'Connell because you don't really need him to run um, in those offenses. So he's he's going to go somewhere where um, his skill set will be utilized uh, to the full extent. And um, I mean, us covering him for however many years, uh, we know full <laughs> of. Um, and I, it's it's really cool to see a kid that came in here as a walk on and made the most of his time at Purdue and now he's and now he's getting national attention and and making to the NFL is pretty cool. Yeah, and I I also just looked up David Bell. He's having fairly decent preseason for the Browns. Uh, six catches, 46 yards. He did have a touchdown in his second preseason game, which which is good because I don't believe he found the end zone at all last year. No, and I mean, I thought that I mean, that 40 time really hurt him. I didn't I didn't think he was that slow at Purdue, um, but obviously the, the NFL is a different animal. Um, <laughs> he's a whole lot of opportunities, but as we saw in West Lafayette, he's he's super sure-handed and he's at the very least a reliable guy that um, that can get you some yards. So um, hopefully he'll he'll have a breakout uh, sophomore campaign up there and up there in Cleveland. Right, and then we've got Rondale Moore. Uh, only three catches so far for twenty yards. And it, it just seems like poor Rondale, he continues to have that hamstring uh, kind of bothering him. I know it uh, limited him last year, and hopefully this season he has some more of that and or has some more in health luck because uh, that's been bothering him for a while. Yeah, I mean, you go back to that that godforsaken play against Minnesota where Sandler oh. and Moore went down, and it feels like Rondale Moore's just never – gotten back to where he was prior to that injury which is 
which is kind of sad. Um, when you talk about a guy that's – he was special at Purdue, uh, bottom line. And um, he has all the talent in the world to be a, to be one of the best slot receivers in the NFL, but um, injuries and then um, some, some unique circumstances, I'll say, in Arizona have kind of hindered him a little bit. Um, but um, I think he could break out this year. If he, yeah. If he, like you mentioned. <laughs> I mean, he's still got that speed, and I, I think he's a guy that if they can find creative ways to get him the football, he can still be a very, very effective player. So that that's what I'm hoping for him. Uh, another receiver, I mean, when's the last time Purdue had three receivers in the NFL? Charlie Jones, six catches for 47 yards for the Bengals right now, and that's uh, – in his last game, four for 36 in a 13-13 tie with the Falcons because that's what we need. We need NFL preseason ties. Yeah. Um, he's also been getting some run at, at punt returner too, which is obviously where he made his bread and butter at uh, Iowa and then came to Purdue, and everyone thought that he was going to be a return specialist. Little did we know. Um, he, was, <laughs> he had the – arguably the greatest season in Purdue history for a receiver. Um, but I think that's where <clears throat> that's where he's going to shine in the NFL. At least to start his career, he's going to have to do well in special teams um, to stick around. And then they did have another receiver. I can't I can't pronounce his name or remember his name off the top of my head. Um, that was drafted behind Jones, and he's, he's had a really good um, preseason too. So, um, I mean, like, like I've talked about with all these guys, I mean, we've seen what they can do at Purdue, and – um, I mean, to have Joe Burrow throwing you the football, it can't, it can't be bad. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I also look in here, Payne Durham has a touchdown. He has mm-hmm. only two receptions for three yards, but he does have a preseason touchdown. So, uh, hopefully that'll help him make the roster. And yeah, cause that's what you're wanting the most here is, uh, is just guys making the roster. So they have that chance. I know David Blau is out there still kicking around uh, and trying to throw to Rondale Moore in Arizona. <laughs> yeah, and Payne, like Charlie Jones, Payne Durham, um, I don't think he got enough credit for his willingness to play special teams and his willingness to block at Purdue. Like, obviously, he's got all the accolades, second team, all Big Ten, all those things for his receiving skills, but he was a really willing blocker, and he, I think he played – he played on several different special teams units, which I mean, he's going to have to do in the NFL similar to Charlie. So um, he'll be a guy that, I mean, we're going to look up in 10 years and he'll still be playing. Um, I, don't yeah. know, I don't know if he'll turn in a Gronk or anything like that, but he's going to have a long career um, just because of his special teams and, and how well he plays there. It reminds me a little bit of Xander Horvath there where, mm-hmm. Like at last season as a rookie, he had like two catches in his first two games, and they were both for like one yard touchdowns. Talking about talking about getting the most production out of mm-hmm. what limited time you get with the football. Yeah. All sure. right. Well, I think we could uh, shift gears away from uh, Purdue in the NFL here. Robert also had another good question, and since you were the golfer here, um, and you know a whole lot more about golf. Uh, Adam Schink in the Path to the Tour Championship. Uh, what do you know about that? Yeah, so, I mean, he's the first Purdue golfer alumni to make it to the Tour Championship. Um, so how they do it, it, they're in the playoffs right now. They start out with top 70, the top 50 moved on, and now the top 30 in the Tour Championship. Um, he's on the lower end of that, and 
they do a weird aggregate scoring system. So um, the person who's first in, in FedEx Cup points, they start at 10 under par. And I think he's, he's Shank is starting at like one or two under. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head. But um, so, it does, I mean, I don't think he's going in there expecting to win. But um, in getting to the Tour Championship, he – he gets exemptions, so he's able to play in all the signature events, which are kind of the big money events on the PGA Tour. Um, and then he's locked up exemptions for all three of the four majors besides the Masters, but he'll get into that because his official World Golf ranking is going to be high. So um, it's big for him. He's going to get a big payday. Uh, he's had a really good year. He still hasn't won on tour, but he's finished runner-up, I think, three times this season. Um, so, I mean, he's out there. He's out there killing it. He's playing well. So I'm happy for him. Happy he gets that gets that payday he can bring back to, to Vincennes and spend on the farm. <laughs> <laughs> well, everybody likes to roll deep in Vincennes, man. I, mm-hmm. I think I've been to Vincennes once in my life. <laughs> Although that is where my brother-in-law went to school, so I gotta respect it. I mean it, it's gotta have, it's a good junior college down there. So that's where my that's where my dad went too. Yeah. Uh, another question from Robert. I think we're just going to give him a producer credit here. He wanted to know kind of, uh, some of the other fall sports previews here and well, uh, soccer's already underway. They lost their season opener to central Florida, but they won eight, nothing on Sunday versus Iona tying the program record for most goals in a game. Uh, you know, I, I did a preview on this about a week and a half ago. And soccer's looking for a bounce back season. Uh, they were they did not win a single game in Big Ten play last year. Uh, big drop off from the 2021 season where they finished second in the Big Ten. They went to the NCAA tournament, even won a game, and took Notre Dame to penalty kicks in the second round. But last season, pretty rough. So uh, seeing them score eight goals against an overmatched opponent like Iona on Sunday is probably a good thing. I believe it broke like a 12 or 13 match winless streak for them. And expectations are not high. Unfortunately, I saw where they were picked to finish 13th out of 14 in the big 10. Mm-hmm. So nowhere to go, for but up. And then of course, the other fall sport that we got to watch is volleyball, which starts this weekend. And I'll tell you what, the ladies have quite the quite the schedule in the non-conference, and that's a good thing. They start the season ranked 16th. As always, the Big Ten is going to be incredibly loaded with some of the best teams in the nation, and they're going to get tested right off the bat. They've got Duke coming to Holloway Gym on Friday, and then Saturday afternoon they get number 18 Creighton. So two tough matches just to begin as part of the Reamer Club Extra Special premiere. And then they play Loyola on Sunday. And then next week, they go to Kansas to play an always tough Kansas team, a team that's usually an NCAA tournament team. And then for good fun, the next day, they get to play Marquette there. And Marquette is ranked 12th in the nation. Uh, Some other teams that are on the schedule here, they will play either number 10 Kentucky or number 19 Houston in the state Stacy Clark classic. That'll be here at home in West Lafayette. And uh, they will also have a game against number 22 USC coming up. And then UCF is also on the schedule here as part of the Boilermaker challenge. They were, I believe a sweet 16 team last year. 
And that's all before you even get to the Big Ten, where you have number five, Nebraska, number 14, Ohio State, number eight, Penn State, number seven, Minnesota, number two, Wisconsin. (laughs) So it is not going to be easy, but this is, as always, probably one of Purdue's most consistent athletic teams right now. And you start the season in the top 16. That's a good sign because you're top 16 teams in the NCAA tournament get to host those first two rounds. So hopefully this is year they can make some noise. Um, it's hard to say if they're going to win the big 10 because, you know, anybody can beat anybody in big 10 volleyball. So it, the winner is usually just a survivor. <laughs> and uh, I believe Wisconsin is favored. They're number two in the nation uh, here in the preseason, but they won the national title two years ago and Purdue beat them twice, handed them two of their only three losses. So uh, we know Purdue can compete in volleyball and they're going to be exciting to watch this year. And I know we're going to have at least somebody out at a couple of matches just because mm-hmm. we know that they deserve that coverage. Yeah. I've, I've said this to a couple people, but it feels like Shondell might be at the same level as Painter in terms of the most successful coach at Purdue. Because, I mean, it's only those two. Because mm-hmm. right Katie's um, still getting them up, obviously, like you mentioned. Soccer's kind of been down. Baseball and softball have been up and down in recent years. Um, so, I mean, like, Shondell's always got them in the top 25. Similar to – very similar to Painter. And, obviously, like you've mentioned, I think – like we all mention whenever we talk about volleyball, they don't get the um, the credit that they deserve. Uh, or the coverage that they deserve, and I know that we're, I know that we're trying to help out in that, and and um and give them the recognition that they deserve. But um, me and Shondell, and just from from the outside looking in, uh, he's got a very impressive program. Very impressive. Yeah, they've got some really really good players to build around. Ava Hudson last year was the Big Ten Freshman of the Year, first team All Big Ten selection. She's going to be an All American in her career. Raven Colvin, Miles' older sister, she had a fantastic year as a middle blocker, and she also was a second-team All-Big Ten selection, as well as Maddie Shermerhorn back as the defensive specialist. So that's three solid players. Three of the top 18 players in the conference last year are back for Purdue. And then you got to talk about Chloe Chacoin. I think it's pronounced Chacoin. Purdue landed her. She is the number one volleyball recruit in the country. And I don't care what, what sport it is. You land the number one recruit in the country. That is pretty cool. That is, that is quite the accomplishment. Yeah, I agree. Um, Land the number one, number one player in any sport. Uh, It's a big deal. It's not in the scoff end. And and it seems like Chloe's going to come in here and and set the world on fire and, and continue the tradition that, that Shondell's kind of set. Yeah, and overall, the recruiting class was number three in the nation. And, you know, it, it's an exciting time. Like you said, he's basically like Matt Painter. I believe he's the only coach in the entire athletic department that's been here longer than Matt Painter. Uh, I mean, he's just got he's got a great machine. And it's it will be nice to see if they can finally just break through. They've been to multiple Elite Eights. They're always kind of on that second tier in the Big Ten where they're not quite ready to win the conference, but they're always a tough out for whoever is going to win the conference, you know, finishing about, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth, 
and it, it'll be a fun year to see. And uh, that that non-conference season is going to really test them. Yeah, most definitely. All right. Well, um, do you have any final thoughts here? Because I think we're running out of stuff to uh, stuff to filibuster about here. Yeah. So, um, obviously, like we've kind of mentioned, uh, a little bit of a lighter podcast next week. Um, we're going to preview um, Purdue, take a look at the Big Ten, and, and get you guys ready for for the season opener and, and this fall, which is going to be an exciting one. And, uh, <laughs> Well, I'll, I'll look at the Big Ten schedule here for week one, and I know usually those are some pretty simple games, but uh, opening night, Nebraska-Minnesota, that's going to be fun. Uh, new coach for Nebraska, Minnesota. Personally, I think Minnesota is my pick to win the West. Uh, that's You heard it here. I probably jinxed them. Uh, then the Friday night, Central Michigan, Michigan State. Obviously, Michigan State's probably expected to win that. Uh, East Carolina versus Michigan on the Saturday uh, with Jim Harbaugh suspended, but they could probably have Jim Harbaugh's dog coach that game and win by four touchdowns. So I'm not worried about that. Uh, the fun one to watch this year is going to be Iowa. Have you, have you heard about what the situation is in Iowa? Just with the betting or McNamara? No, no. With uh, Brian Ferentz's offensive coordinator. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There are multiple websites out there tracking to see if Brian Ferentz is going to average the 25 points per game to, uh, is it keep his job? Is it officially keep his job or he like gets some bonus if he gets there or whatever? I don't know, but he's not getting fired. (laughs) Regardless, he's not getting fired till Kirk Kirk Ferentz retires. (laughs) But... and I think the unfair thing for him is uh, apparently Iowa is going to track defensive points for that. So <laughs> their defense usually gets like five, six touchdowns a year. That's not fair. If if he's the offensive coordinator, he shouldn't be benefiting from the defense getting in points. <laughs> hey, it's a team. It's a team game. Yes, but he's offensive coordinator. That those shouldn't count. <laughs> Mostly because Iowa's defense is good enough to win games by themselves. Mm. They did last year. Several, if I remember correctly. I know there was at least one when they beat South Dakota State 7-3 without a touchdown because they had two safeties. I think they're Iowa's I think Iowa will be the team to beat in the West. With Caden McNamara, I haven't seen if he's if he's gotten back on the field yet. Uh he went down with an injury, but I mean you bring in a guy that's led a team to not only the Big Ten championship game, but the college football playoff. And he's kind of been counted out. He's got a chip on his shoulder. I think I was going to – I mean, because I keep saying, I feel like I've said it time and time again on this podcast, but they won eight games last year. It wasn't like they went six and six. And you're only yeah. improving the offense because you're getting rid of Petrus, who, who obviously struggled last year. Um, you're bringing in a couple really good – I won't say really good, but a couple of above average uh, wide receivers that, that are going to help that room. Still um, got Luke Lacey, uh, who's going to rise to where Sam Laporta was last year. You had Eric All at tight end, too. Um, I mean, I think the offense is going to be much improved. It just depends on their offensive line, which which has kind of been uncharacter- uncharacteristically bad over the last couple of years. 
Iowa to me is a team that they've got a defense that if they get up 10 points on you, the game's over, Hmm. but they have an offense that if they fall behind by 10 points, the game's over. (laughs) That's honestly just the way I feel about them. I mean, they lost the game last year, nine to six, and they won a game seven to three. How? <laughs> they lost that game to to Ryan Walters in Illinois, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they lost. They lost nine to six to Illinois. They lost ten to seven to Iowa State. So, and and then of course they lost to a pretty morbid Nebraska team on the final day of the regular season. And that allowed Purdue to sneak into the Big Ten title game. So, thanks, Nebraska. I appreciate it. Uh, The rest of your week one, Ohio State at Indiana. Ohio State probably going to be a big favorite there. Buffalo at Wisconsin. Uh, Wisconsin's going to be an interesting team to watch this year. I'm not not sure how they're going to handle changing from being a very power-run-heavy team to – they're going to try and air it out. And it, it, the idea of Wisconsin and air raid is just incredibly foreign to me. <laughs> it is odd. Um, I, I mean, they're still going to lean on Braylon Allen, I think, to an extent. Like, I don't think he's going to – his carriers are going to shrink by three-fourths or anything. Like, he's still going to get his touches, get his yards. Um, I think their wide receiver unit is pretty underrated. They brought in C.J. Williams, who was a five-star guy. Uh, from USC, transferred. Tanner Mordecai, he's he's thrown a lot of interceptions over his career, but he knows the air raid and the air raid variations. Um, so he's a guy that can come in and, and help the younger guys learn, and then uh, he'll kind of be a bridge quarterback. Um, and then, I mean, I think Wisconsin, people are high on them just because of Luke Fickle. I mean, mm-hmm. one of the brightest coaches in, in the country led Cincinnati to the college football playoffs. So I think people are taking a lot of stock in him. Um, I don't necessarily think that they're going to be national title contenders this year, but um, he's going to get them back to consistently winning nine, ten games a year. Oh, yeah, and Fickle's a phenomenal coach. A lot of people forget that he had a year at Ohio State, too, which I know he wasn't there long. It was just an interim gig, but that had to help a lot in getting him set up at Cincinnati, and he was an incredible coach at Cincinnati. So, Yeah, and then then – Go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was going to say, and you know the defense is always going to be good up there. So, Oh, yeah. Uh, and then the rest of the week, Maryland and Towson. Uh, that is a paycheck game. Maryland will win by a lot. West Virginia at Penn State normally would be pretty interesting. I know West Virginia struggled last year, but there's pretty close proximity between those schools it's a night game on nbc i think that one's going to be a fun one to watch on the opening saturday then you also have toledo at illinois toledo is always dangerous as a mac team uh, that that's going to be that's going to be an interesting one to keep an eye on and then your last game of week one the we are contractually obligated to air this game northwestern at rutgers on sunday at noon on cbs Hell of a welcome game. to broadcast. Welcome to broadcasting Big Ten football, CBS. Hell of a game for CBS to get. <laughs> I, I wonder if Northwestern will win a game this year. I know that they have an FCS game against Howard that they should win, mostly because there's no reason a Big Ten team should ever lose to an FCS team unless they have a Dakota in their name just because North Dakota State and South Dakota State are dangerous as hell. 
But outside of that one, man, I I would not want to be in Evanston this year watching football. Yeah, it'll be rough up there. I think luckily for Purdue, they get them near the end of the season. So, um, yeah, they might be able to squeak out a win there and maybe keep their big their 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 bowl game hopes alive or or whatever the case may be that late late November. Yeah, and it's it's going to be an interesting season for Purdue. I there's just so many games I think that are just true toss ups. I don't know what to think, and that starts with Fresno State. They lose a lot, but Fresno State is always a tough group of five team to play, mm-hmm. and so I I think that's a very good opener, and we'll we'll learn a lot from that game, especially with Virginia Tech the following week, where Virginia Tech has been down, and then Syracuse coming in. You know, that was a game Purdue should have won last year. They had it won in the last minute, and they just kind of let it go. So I'm interested to see how they turn the tables at home this year. So ESPN predicted Purdue to go four and eight and just three and six in the Big Ten. I don't think that's – I don't th- like that pick. I I think it's six and six. I think they make a bowl. You? Yeah, I'd, I'd have to agree. Um, but like I, um, I posted a – five predictions post um, for the season and um, in our message board someone said I, I like your optimism and I was like well I mean everything could change but right now you have to go based on what's on paper because mm-hmm. we could get three games into the year and and produce it has their entire offensive line down <laughs> and the secondary is a mess and all these sorts of things so um, a lot a lot can change between now and the and uh, Thanksgiving weekend, but um, at least right now, I think Purdue's a lot better than than people are giving them credit for. Well, we will find out in approximately 11 days by the time this podcast goes up. So I'm excited. I know you're excited. We have all our credentials set and approved for the season. So it's getting here. It is getting here. All right. Well, with that in mind, we do thank you for listening. Uh, We want to thank our new subscribers. We've had a bunch of new subscribers come on with our uh, preseason deal about a week ago. And we thank you very much for giving us a shot. We're looking forward to providing some great coverage for you this year. So for Jace Jellison and myself, I'm Travis Miller of Boiler Upload and Boiler Up. Boiler Up.